This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Candy, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. <laughs> I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. <laughs> With an old maid daughter that make the best moonshine in the coast. <laughs> if it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. It, it, it... I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Welcome to Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clawson, and this is what's happening this week in our community. For the second meeting in a row, the Canby City Council convened last week to consider a single act of business concerning the city attorney position, voting unanimously to appoint the Portland firm Beery, Elsie, and Hammond, or BEH, to serve as the city's interim legal counsel. This one was longer than the previous session on March 28th, in which the council convened for just slightly over two minutes to direct Mayor Brian Hodson and City Administrator Scott Archer to secure interim legal counsel in place of City Attorney Joe Lindsay, who has been on protected medical leave of his own volition for more than a month. BEH, which had previously contracted with the city for urban renewal business as needed, was recommended by Lindsay in a March 9th letter to Hodson and the city council in which he also outlined accusations of possible public meetings and employment law violations, as well as alleged ethical misconduct. In the special meeting on April 5th, Archer told counselors that he also reached out to two other firms, but both declined to offer their services. However, in a letter from BEH partner Chad Jacobs, the Beery firm agreed to serve as interim legal counsel and provide legal services for the city through May 31st. According to the terms of the letter, the firm will bill the city on an hourly basis for a maximum of $49,000. The firm's hourly scale ranges from $285 per hour for partners to $175 and $150 an hour for paralegals and legal assistants, respectively. Near the end of last week's meeting, Counselor Jason Patton shared that he had previously spoken and sought possible legal counsel from Beery Firm, apparently in reference to the claims made by Lindsay's March 9th letter and their related issues. When this whole thing started to get rolling, I reached out to this law firm, 
her the letter and chatted with them about the situation that I found myself in, Patton said. They made it very clear that they don't do that sort of thing and that they could not advise me on anything other than to send me to someone else. I don't feel that that influences my decision making in any way on this. They did not provide me with information or legal counsel, but I just wanted to make sure that it was plain and clear that I did reach out to them. Patton was one of two Canby City Councilors, the other being Chris Bangs, who self-reported their own involvement in the possibly unlawful executive session held on February 15th to the Oregon Government Ethics Commission in accordance with state policy. The Canby City Council was scheduled to meet in executive session this Wednesday to consult with their new legal counsel concerning current litigation or litigation likely to be filed, but the meeting was abruptly canceled shortly before 3.30 p.m. that day. No reason was given. Just a few short days after the owners of Gwen's Coffeehouse announced plans to close their doors permanently this spring, they sat down with their first set of potential successors, Casey and Brad Bingham, of Willamette Coffeehouse in West Lynn. The talk went very well, to put it mildly, and the Binghams will be officially taking over Canby's beloved downtown Java spot starting Monday, May 1st. We were the first people they talked to, and we were probably there for two and a half hours, Casey Bingham recounted. We talked about everything and we walked away from that conversation feeling like this is where we're supposed to be. The new cafe will be known as Gwen's Willamette Coffee House. The new owners do not plan on any major changes, though they do hope to expand in a few areas eventually. The sale included Gwen's equipment and all of their recipes, including Mallory's famous soups. The Binghams plan to keep them all and add a few of their own. We have two signature drinks that our customers really love, our old-fashioned latte and old-fashioned mocha, and we do special drinks each month, Bingham explained. We'll be bringing all of that over. We'll also be adding some breakfast items to Gwen's menu because we do breakfast sandwiches and burritos that are very popular. Though the Binghams live in Oregon City, they are very well acquainted with Canby. In addition to running one and now two businesses, Casey Bingham homeschools her two boys with the support of a group that meets weekly at Canby Christian Church, located just a block or two from Gwen's. Since word of the sale was shared on social media and at a retirement party for the Gwens last month, Bingham said she feels like the community has embraced her and her family. We've been very overwhelmed by the number of people who want to meet us, shake our hands, and just take time to thank us for keeping Gwens alive, she said. We feel very good about the decision we've made to step into this business. Everyone's been so kind. We just hope people come to see us for who we are. We're very family focused and community focused. We managed to survive COVID because of the relationships we've made with people who have come into our shop over the years.
2023 was a hopping year for the Easter Bunny in the Canby area, as thousands braved cloudy skies, damp fields, and unseasonably cool temperatures for Easter's egg hunts and other activities over the past two weekends. Things kicked off on Saturday, April 1st, with an estimated 700 to 1,000 crowding into Maple Street Park for the inaugural Micah's Egg Hunt. A heartfelt tribute to eight-month-year-old Micah Vajlia Pedersen, whose life was tragically cut short by sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS, on Easter Sunday, 2022. The event, organized by the Pedersen family and the Haven Rose Foundation, was a tremendous success, featuring food trucks, bubble art crafts, bounce houses, a charity raffle, and two egg huts. Rather than eggs stuffed with goodies, youngsters collected empty shells that they traded for prizes of their choice, arcade style. The most sought-after orbs were the rare golden eggs, which rewarded the Lucky Tykes with a stuffed moose in honor of Micah, whose nickname since birth had been Moose. The raffle and silent auction helped to raise over $4,000 which will go toward the Haven Rose Foundation and its work providing support to bereaved families like the Pedersons. Micah's parents, Nicola and Joshua Pedersen, said they were touched by the outpouring of love and support from the community. It was such a special day filled with so many emotions, they said in an email to participants. We are so glad our son's life brought so much joy, support, prayer, healing, and blessings for us and our community. Thank you for Saturday. It was such a gift and fun to be had by all. Organizers have already announced plans for a second annual Micah's Egg Hunt, which will be held on Saturday, March 23rd, 2024. More information about the Haven Rose Foundation as well as future events can be found on its websites. The same Saturday featured not one, not two, but three egg hunts hosted by Grandview Baptist Church with more than 6,000 eggs scattered across three locations at Waite Park in Canby, Clark Park in Malala, and Rivercrest Park in Oregon City. The fun and excitement continued the following weekend on Holy Saturday as the annual Sons of the American Legion egg hunt at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds saw an estimated 5,000 brightly colored orbs be scooped up in no time flat, while a similar phenomenon occurred at Corner Park in Beaver Creek, where Hamlet officials kickstarted a new tradition with the help of the Beaver Creek Saloon and volunteers. For photos, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Canby Current. Speaking of eggs, Willamette Egg Farms got cracking on its part of fighting hunger by the dozens. A nationwide initiative by America's egg farmers by donating an incredible 9,000 dozen eggs to the Canby Center last week. For those of you keeping score at home, 
that comes out to a grand total of 108,000 fresh eggs. Canby Center Executive Director Ray Keene said the April 3rd donation came at a crucial time for local families as spring celebrations approached. Eggs are a much-needed source of versatile, high-quality protein for food-insecure families and are in high demand, he added. Fresh food is what families need to be healthy, Keaton said. And we know that a healthy family helps to address a whole host of other issues in terms of challenges that a family might face. Children learn better when they're not hungry. And you know a mom or dad going to work on an empty stomach is not a good thing. We know that low-income families oftentimes are facing challenges and making choices around high carbs and high sodium items. But foods like this make sure a family can eat in a nutritious manner. Keene said the eggs will be distributed to the center's Thriving Together program members at the Harvest Share Food Pantry events. That will happen three times a week. We'll also be sharing some eggs with some of our local partners in the community who do good work as food banks, making sure that these eggs get out to families who are in need. Said. Much like the brightly colored plastic variety at the Easter egg hunts, he suspects these eggs to disappear very quickly. We'll probably have these distributed within the next week and a half, which is hard to imagine, but that gives you a little bit of a sense of the need around in the community, Keen said. We're seeing more and more families come through than we ever have before and folks coming from farther reaches because of some of the challenges with inflation right now. Get ready to raise your glasses high as the Clackamas County Fairgrounds is kicking off its summer calendar with style with the Canby Brew Fest, a reimagined take on the wine, food, and brew festival that the event center will be serving up next month. Seen last in 2019, the Wine, Food, and Brew Fest was an exhibition-style event offering local wineries, breweries, and eateries space to meet customers and sample their wares. In the reworked Brewfest, Executive Director Brian Crow and his staff have removed the exhibition element and provided a larger space in the main pavilion, giving people access to more varieties to sample. The event is built around the simple tagline of brews, food, and music, and promises to deliver the very best the region has to offer in all three. For more than 80 beers, ciders, wines, and seltzers, a variety of outstanding food trucks and vendors, and a packed lineup of top flight entertainers. Live music will be featured all day, every day, headlined by the Red Light Romeos on Friday, performing a wide variety of unforgettable 70s hits from the Eagles, Hall and Oates, Fleetwood Mac, and the like, and the Radical Revolution on Saturday, bringing back the best of the 80s from such artists as Whitney Houston, Rick Springfield, Madonna, and Def Leppard. 
With all that dancing, guests are sure to be hungry, and the food court will be prepared to satisfy any taste with a diverse assortment of food trucks, including Six Sticks Gourmet Pretzels, Bayou Bros Cajun Boils, Unique Pho and Grill, Wayward Sandwiches, Burt's Chuck Wagon Barbecue, and Lupita's Mexican Food. A 21 and older event, the Canby Brewfest will run from 5 to 11 p.m. Friday, May 12th, and 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Saturday, May 13th at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds. Tickets can be purchased in advance at $19 for one day and $34 for both. Entry at the door will be $25 for one day and $40 for both. Tickets include four free tastings, eight with a two-day pass, and a souvenir can be Brewfest mug. There's also a date night for two, single pass for $34 pre-sale and $45 at the door, which includes two tickets to the festival, two commemorative glasses, four tastings per ticket, and a free gift. The Brewfest is a fundraiser for the Clackamas County Fair Improvement Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. For more information and to purchase tickets for exclusive Brewfest merch, visit clackamascountyfair.com slash events or canbybrewfest.com. Hey, Frankie, how's that new internet deal you just signed up for working out? Uh, not great, actually. Oh, sorry to hear that. How so? Well, my bill ended up being way more than I thought it would. I actually have this statement here. Uh, apparently, I had to pay more for high data usage. Oh, yeah. Some providers will get you for that. Sometimes they have data caps, and they can slow down your speeds and charge you extra for going over. So I'm being punished for using my connection? That doesn't seem right. I'm with you there. What else does your bill say? A lot. I had to pay extra for faster upload speeds to get Wi-Fi equipment, and there's also this infrastructure fee? I looked that up and it turns out it's a fee so they can build out their network, mostly in other cities and states. I hate to say it, Frankie, but it sounds like you might have only taken into account the flashy sale price and not all the fine print charges. You may be right. You should switch your internet to Direct Link, Cambie's local cooperative provider. They don't have any hidden fees and don't nickel and dime you for using your connection. Plus, Wi-Fi is included in your internet subscription. That sounds great. I could really use a new router and these data overage fees are going to add up really fast. It couldn't be easier. Just give them a call and ask about Omni. It's their all-in-one internet service that includes Wi-Fi, enhanced security, great parental controls, and easy-to-use network management apps. And there's really no hidden fees? They won't charge me for streaming and gaming a lot? Nope. You get fast download and upload speeds, unlimited data use, reliable and secure Wi-Fi, and local service included with any direct link fiber connection. Give them a call today at 503-266-8111 or visit www.directlink.coop.
right, we were over at Canby High School catching up with uh, Jeremy Insred. He is the Canby High School wrestling coach and a science teacher here. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good. You're just coming off a great performance at the state wrestling tournament. We had um, we had a second place, a third place, a couple of other placers. Um, what was it like? Uh, obviously, the craziness and the uncertainty with the weather. Right. And then uh, coming in to actually being able to perform, what kind of emotions and things were you managing with the guys? <laughs> well, I think the big thing this year was we got back to the Memorial Coliseum. Yeah, which and was nice. It was nice. Uh, it's also, I think, there's only, we only had one wrestler who has ever been there before. That right. was my son, Ethan, yeah. um, his freshman year. So I know from experience, like those kids walk into a big uh, arena like that and, yeah. you know, they get nervous and. Mm. You know, you get the wobbly legs. So much going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's all these people up there. And I think I was a little worried uh, for all of our our real young young guys, anyways, that uh, they get in there and be a little overwhelmed. And I think that probably, we didn't have the tournament I was expecting. It was a good tournament. It's one of our best tournaments we've had in a long time. Yeah. But it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, And I, I think that played a little bit of a role, like getting back into that big that big scene. I, and I mean, my hope, my thought is like next time, next year, these guys will now all have that experience and they'll yeah. be able to deal with it better and, you know, be fired up and ready to go. And yeah, they have that taste now, uh, hunger and they want to get back and, and do a little better than yeah. they did this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the the young guys and kind of the, um, how it can be a challenge, uh, coming into this, uh, really high pressure, you know, environment for the first time, because, uh, what turned out to be our best performer was obviously Tyler Connell, the junior, but first time wrestling. Correct. Um, and he ended up making it to the finals and then finishing second against a really, really top wrestler. So from Thurston. Yes. Um, he's, you know. He's had success. He's been in the limelight as far as wrestling For goes. Football, For yeah. Football, so yeah. listeners will recognize the name, but I think he's used to that. Uh, you know, that spotlight. Level. Totally, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the guy. Seriously, he. We had a few weeks of training. We went to our first tournament. Mm-hmm. He found himself in the finals of the first tournament. Um, it was comic because he almost got disqualified in the first tournament because <laughs> just because it was new to him, yeah. I think he locked his hands a couple times. Okay. He maybe did a full Nelson. You only he, get so many of those. He was trying to do the football tackle now. <laughs> he, well, he, he's got a really good football tackle. I will say that. What we, what we call a double leg is his tackle. And no, he's honestly one of the best in the state probably. And he's a fantastic athlete. Yeah. yeah. But going from almost getting DQ'd that first tournament, uh, he pulled it out. You know, we were just yelling, don't touch your hands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he wins that tournament. He wins the next tournament. And the next two tournaments, um, four tournaments he entered, he wins four of them. We get to the district meet, and, uh, you know, he gets – he. it was kind of a weird weight class because there were only, I think, uh, there only ended up being five kids in the weight. Yeah. A couple guys got injured, whatever. And uh, so he didn't get seated. Yeah. So he enters in. It's just a random draw. Runs into a tough kid his first match. He loses a close match. Ends up wrestling that kid for third again and yeah. just destroys him, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. he – he figured it out. He just constantly evolved throughout the season. So, uh, yeah, he had a phenomenal, like unbelievable yes. first season. Yeah. So he was at 195, which yeah. once you get up into, we're going to talk about Ethan, who's kind of at mm-hmm. that 160 where you really get like some of the top athletes right. a lot of times. Right. Um, once you get into some of the bigger weight classes and especially going up into the heavyweights, um, you, you're really in, uh, or, or tell me if I'm wrong, but um, you're really in some of those classes where uh, the experiment, experience and the techniques really matter when you're going up against some of these giant right. <laughs> high school athletes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> technique um, 
is definitely going to help you out where I, I think you're right. When you get to those upper levels and you're trying you, to move like a 260 or 270 yeah. pounder. Yeah. And you have, you probably have more of those like football players, mm-hmm. other sports. And, and other than the guy he wrestled in the finals, it probably not of not a lot of, uh, the super high level. So yeah. he was able like physically to compete with those guys. And he just had to learn the techniques throughout. And he did, a, he was a super coachable kid. Yeah. So he did a really good job. Yeah. Do you know what uh, got Tyler into even trying out for the team, going out for wrestling for the, the first time? This... The rumor is his uncle. <laughs> okay. His uncle, uh, you know, talked him into it. I don't know the whole story. Yeah. But, uh, but just what, from what you saw as a coach, he just really took to it uh, really fast. Yeah, I know the football coach, uh, Jimmy, talked to him and asked him how he liked it. And he said at first, eh, he wasn't too sure. But he, uh, he said later on, he realized he really liked beating up on people. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think he, yeah, he bought in. He, liked yeah. it. he had a great workout partner with Jackson Doman. Yeah, and, awesome. uh, to Together, those guys, yeah, they both had a really successful season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something to hold them over until uh, football season where you can hit people again. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Well, let's talk about your son, Ethan. Um, capped off an incredible uh, high school career. Like you mentioned, he was in the uh, he was at Veterans Memorial Coliseum as a freshman, yeah. and because of COVID, uh, was really the only reason that he didn't return until senior year. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, he, he uh, came in as a number one wrestler. I know kind of had a disappointing, um, w- was hoping to be competing for more than yes. third, I, yeah. I would say is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did that kind of go? Well, how did you help him kind of manage that disappointment? And so, I mean, a lot of the disappointment was, I think it was pretty controversial okay. um, in the match. He sure. was, he was ahead by two with about 15 seconds left. Um, in a in a very active match, I think yeah. it was six to eight, and ended up eight to ten or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, within like literally, there was a scramble. He turned the kid to his back, held him there for a while. Uh, they kind of scrambled out. The other kid, you know, rolled around, and then um, the time runs out, and the referee gives a two reversal and a two near fall to the, his opponent. Uh, where we thought he really deserved some points. Uh, yeah. Even that, I know the table was looking at the referee kind of stunned. It was just kind of shocking to everybody. Time mm. is up, match is over, and he just, it was like he just gave the, no, the win to the other kid. So it was super disappointing for him. Yeah. And it's like, and for me as a, a, a coach and a dad, like, how do you, you know, there's no, um, no challenge. No challenge. No. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, because it is uh, the, um, the referee's, you know, opinion, right? right? There's no, it's not a rule that you can challenge or anything. So yeah, there's no challenge, no way. It's just like, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, I know he was heartbroken, disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just, we had a heart to heart. I said, you know, right now your option, what a lot of people do is they just get frustrated and they, you know, kind of give up. Um, or you could come back and prove it. Like yeah. just get, go back the next day and just, Whoop up on the other, t- the, you know, your next two matches. I, I think I saw an interview uh, from from you in the Herald where you uh, kind of uh, said, uh, basically, you, you, you had the option. You can still come out as a winner, right? right. You, you, yes. you know, you can still yeah. you can still beat the guys that are in front of you. You know, exactly. Yeah. And you want to finish with a win, right? Yeah. Go out on top. So yeah, yeah. And he did it. He he pinned both his opponents. I think he spent less than three minutes in the last <laughs> two matches on the match. So yeah, he definitely proved it. He had a uh, turned his you know, we had a conversation about 15 minutes later. He's he's ready to go. He was all smiles and mm. uh, definitely showed up and 
kick some butt the next day. So yeah. it was good. I've never talked to him. Uh, you obviously know him pretty well, being his dad. Um, but I just I get the sense that he's um, a kind of a, a no nonsense kind of guy, really kind of focused uh, yeah. type of athlete. Is that accurate for you? Yeah. Think? Yeah. I mean, you look. He's a very well rounded kid. He's he's the ASB president. Mm-hmm. He's a honors student. He's in every AP class. Yeah. You know. He's yeah. He's got everything kind of dialed out, um, and when it comes to wrestling, yeah, he he knows wrestling. Like yeah. he studies wrestling. Mm-hmm. He he teaches our he helps our teammates. Right. Yeah. He's like uh, just a great leader, um, and yeah, he's had a fantastic career, and he's just been that kid. Like yeah. probably probably the epitome of a coach's kid, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. that's him. He's yeah. Just a squared away kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm slightly proud of him. I'm getting that. Yeah, sense. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's he going on to do? Well, he uh, he's applied at several schools. Okay. He's got Still accepted uh, in, in those schools. He's yeah. just trying to make a decision. Now, he wants to compete. He wants to keep wrestling in okay. college. Cool. So he got admitted to the honors program at Oregon State. Nice. He got admitted to Arizona State. Uh, what are the good wrestling programs? So both of those programs are, are really good yeah. programs. Uh, Arizona State was third last year in the NCAA's. Oh, wow. um, Oregon State is up and coming. They got a new coach, and they're really um, doing well this this well, the last couple seasons. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other s- small schools, both uh, Linfield and um, Pacific, and both mm-hmm. talked to them. Southern yeah. Oregon, all wrestling programs in state. So um, he's just got to figure out what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, he wants to study science in college and cool. uh just has to figure out which, which one fits best with him so yeah. i think i don't know he was kind of leaning towards oregon state early I, I don't know where he's leaning right now but yeah. uh whatever he's still decides. got some time yeah 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 take you back to something you said a little bit earlier when we first started but you you said that the tournament didn't quite go the way you were expecting tell me more about that what what surprised you and what uh, in good ways or bad ways yeah i mean in in the bad ways we um we just didn't wrestle to like to our potential. Yeah. Um, you know, we had several high seated wrestlers. Yeah. We took 18 kids to the state tournament, which right. ended up being actually tied with Mountain View for the most number of uh, wrestlers at the state tournament. Wow. Ever? Or, um, or well, just, just this, this yeah. year. Yeah. It's the most, I think, we that I've ever taken in 17 years. Yeah. Um, and probably, I mean, I would guess a school record. I don't know. Yeah. But it's that's a lot of kids to take. Yeah. You're almost looking at, you know, you got, you got 12 kids on a roster. You know, you're almost getting to the mm-hmm. double, you know, um, yeah. double your numbers there. Um, so, I think, so, so yeah. you know, having that many wrestlers, you, you, obviously things go, you know, different ways. But you'd hope for maybe finishing, what do we finish? I, I, I look, higher I, than ninth. I was thinking yeah. top three. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, again, with the number of qualifiers we had and just uh, the number of we had quite a few seated wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I just it kind of expected like those. I, I figured we'd be in the in the battle for a trophy. Yeah. But you know, we one upset here, one upset there, and yeah. um, when you know we'd lose a couple close matches, and it yeah. just kind of one by one, the kids were knocked out of the tournament and yeah. weren't scoring those points. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little disappointing. Again, on the other flip side of that, we got, um, you know, four placers, like you said, uh, Tyler having a phenomenal tournament yeah. uh ended up second and having both gideon and um jackson yep. both placing this year yeah so placing in the state tournament is huge for the next year because that's part of the seating criteria oh, so really so those guys are gonna have a you know an advantage a step up yep. in the seating for the next year and nice. of course where you get seated is is really helpful ethan being the number one seed the problem for ethan was 
um, the kid that he lost to was the returning state champion from yeah. last year. So he ended up – he came out of his district with an injury. Um, so he couldn't be a top four seed. So the next spot he could fit in was uh, was the fifth seed, yeah. which is so, on the, the same side as the one. So yeah. just – it you know, it didn't work out probably the way that it, it uh, could have or yeah. should have. But um, that happens. happens. Yeah. 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 Um, do we have – are we returning quite a bit of uh, now uh, – more experienced wrestlers yes. that we'll have yes. next, so next the, season. Of the 18 that we took to state this year, five graduate. Wow. Uh, four of those are starters yeah. for us. So, uh, you know, we're looking at, yeah, a big number of returning. Um, That's great. That's exciting, right? It's a coach. It's really exciting. Yeah. And we have a really good group of freshmen coming in next yeah. year. All yeah. part, you know, result of this middle school program that we now have that the yeah. district started a few years ago. Um, there's a few more Domans coming in. We've got another Young coming in. We have a, another uh, real tough, I think he'll be our 106-pounder next year, uh, Trey Smith, who's just a, a really tough kid. Um, yeah. uh, he'll, fit, he'll slide right into varsity <laughs> for us. So yeah. We're, uh, yeah, it's looking really good. We just have to figure out who's going to fill in those. So all the kids graduating, we started at 138, yeah. 145, 152, and 160. So yeah. the middle weights, we got to just find replacements for those guys. Yeah. Kids will move around and make adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears? Even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? and they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm te I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Uh, we, we should mention, we've been talking so much about the state tournament. Geez, uh, you guys had an undefeated regular season. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, last year we were close. We uh, we lost a dual meet to Westland, and we took second in one tournament. Yeah. Uh, this year, we pretty much blew away the competition in all the tournaments we were in. Yeah. Um, I think we, in our own tournament, we scored 472 points, I think. And at second place, had maybe about 200 points. Yeah. So, um, most of the time, we were about 100 points ahead of the competition. That was at districts? Uh, no, at the Larry Owings tournament. Okay. Um, it, was, it was similar. At districts. districts, we got 409 points, I Yeah. Believe. So, and, yeah. And second was like 260 or something. Yeah, yeah. So, when you add in 
both of our both our varsity one and varsity two teams, it's it not only shows how tough our varsity team is, but yeah. also our depth. We yeah. have a lot of yeah. uh, a lot Which of depth. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then so those were the tournaments, and then yeah, the the dual meet uh, season. We were in a couple dual meet tournaments, and then all of our league duels, and yeah, we we won every yeah. one of them. So yeah. 50, I think we were fifteen and zero in dual meets, and then five and zero in tournaments, yeah. or six if you count district six. Yeah, and 0. yeah. Um, first undefeated season uh, you mentioned for me seven, seventeen yeah. years yeah yeah, yeah it was pretty incredible yeah congrats it was, yeah it was, it was a fun I mean the the energy that the kids brought every time you know yeah. just keeping that um, keeping that going uh, yeah. was really cool yeah yeah and, and what, are, what are some of the other kind of factors you attribute that success to I mean that's incredible I, you know the, I think it's just the the I think it is the I'm a true believer that having numbers in a wrestling program mm. you know. It's it's there's this phenomenon that happens when you have a tough kid. You usually have a couple tough kids around them because mm. they're their workout partners. Yeah. So you don't you rarely see like one really good kid on a team without having two or three. Yeah. Um, and so when we have those numbers of really tough kids, exponential. It just grows. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's part of it. Um, a great group of kids. And again, we've had that middle school program has been feeding us for a few years now. So yeah. we've gotten the numbers up. Um, I think the other thing that really benefited us is when during the year after COVID, uh, when we kind of went to that weird spring season, yeah. a lot of the teams around us, you know, they, their numbers were, were decimated. Like they'd mm-hmm. have 10 to 15 kids on their team. Yeah. Well, we kept like 54 kids yeah. on our team. And yeah. so to get that whole year of experience with all those kids, I think that really helped them grow yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the start of the year, we, um, I guess it was the summer uh, before school uh, officially started, we had um, the Wrestling Hall of Fame yeah. uh, get established here at Canby. We had such an incredible legacy yeah. of wrestling and to finally um, see, you know, some of that uh, put together in yeah. a way. I mean, it's yeah. been kind of preserved over the years, but see it really celebrated. Right. Do you feel like that gave a little bit of a kick as well to some of the kids that were still wrestling to feel like, oh, we're a part of something so well, much bigger? What it did do was draw in some of those alumni. So yeah. Those guys started coming to all of oh, really? and, and helping and just supporting support. and cheering. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think that, uh, yes, the legacy piece and, and kids talk about that. But now, just having fans. Yeah. 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 Having those fans there is huge. But, yeah. but, uh, you know, seeing that, seeing those, uh, those, that legacy and seeing those old wrestlers, um, and then seeing our, we have this wall of fame in our mat room now with all those names and the yeah. kids now are like, Hey, I'm gonna be up there. You yeah, know? just to have that goal to get yeah. on that wall and be part of that legacy, I think, is huge. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, what? Where do you kind of go from here? What does the off season look like for for wrestling? So, um, the next two months, some, uh, some of your guys will be doing spring sports. Yeah, yeah. Some of them do spring sports. There's also uh, freestyle and Greco. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. the so the international styles start up. Um, there's a ton of tournaments. So I know some of the kids are really. You know, the, especially the kids that are that were disappointed at the state tournament, they're like, they're just chomping at the bit to get back into mm-hmm. it. So yeah. uh, that's a great opportunity. It's a little different, but it just expands their their wrestling knowledge. They learn yeah. some different styles. They learn how to throw and um, you know do some other uh, like non traditional wrestling. Nice. Um, and it just it you know it's beneficial. It helps you. You see most of the kids that are those elite wrestlers, state champions, they're doing that that spring wrestling as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll have that opportunity, and there'll be lots of tournaments. There's actually the um, the Northwest Regionals mm. 
this year, which is uh, like the Olympic qualifier, is up in Centralia, I believe. So it's yeah. close enough that kids could get up there if they want to get up there and wrestle in that too. So um, they have a junior level division, high school level division that they can compete in. So. Yeah. 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 Um, last thing I wanted to ask you, Coach, I, um, I, I always enjoy and always get you know, really good answers uh, from, from the high school coaches on this. I feel like um, it's just a, a, a strong core part of the kind of philosophy that you guys have. But um, do you see uh, that, um, you know, especially the guys that have been part of the team for a while, um, do you see ways that um, the, the uh, athletic component and the, the, you know, the lessons that you guys try to instill in them um, to, to be successful on the mat, do you, do you see that kind of filter through into different parts of their, uh, you know, the, the, the students academically or just, you know, in their maturation or anything like that? Is that something you see in wrestling as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. wrestling, you know, some would tell you it's the hardest sport, mm-hmm. um, just the, the grueling, demanding practices every day, mm-hmm. uh, the weight physically management, demanding. physically yeah. demanding, the yeah. weight management, uh, the time commitments, like we go to tournaments, you know, like the state tournament started at 6 a.m. for us and it ended about 10 o'clock p.m. on Saturday. And then yeah. we had to come back on Sunday this year. I mean, it is it is grueling. It's hard. So the, you know, the the um, benefit to these kids in the long run, in their life, the life skills that they learn is, you know, how to manage mm. those those stresses, how to manage that along with academics, yeah. discipline, uh, discipline, yeah. all of that is, and, and um, also just, it's an individual sport, you mm-hmm. know, but it's also a team sport because yeah. we, you know, we keep the team score and these kids just are fantastic about supporting each other during tournaments and stuff. It's really, sometimes we get in trouble because they're a little too uh, enthusiastic, but um, yeah, just the, I think the um, relationships that they build with their teammates is is a lifelong uh, um, friendship, and that on top of the the rest of those skills that they learn is is absolutely uh, there's, you know, life changing. There's, there's a huge mental component to wrestling. Oh, yeah. correct. I oh, mean, yeah. it, uh, obviously, the physical is is what you see and what yeah. you know. You got to have that, or you can't compete. But but once you're on the mat with someone who's relatively at your level, yeah. um, being you know kind of mentally engaged and knowing a few tricks. Can... Totally. Yeah, you got to be quick on your feet. I mean, mm. a lot of it we talk about muscle memory because a lot of it is so mm. fast it's reactionary. Yeah. But then you, if you see something that your opponent's doing, you have to be able to, you know, make adjustments and capitalize on that. And yeah. yeah, the really good, the really good wrestlers are, are very, it's a very uh, mental aware game. Like you you can be. see that. Like I've shot a few matches yeah. and you can kind of see, oh, these guys are engaged mentally and they're figure. you know, like yeah. you kind of have to watch their eyes and, and see yeah. what they're, what they're doing. It's almost like a chess match. Totally. With, with and that's, you know, that's a very physical chess match. As a coach, like that's, <laughs> There's not a lot. I don't feel like a, that a coach does in the corner. Like yeah. we do our work in the mat room. Yeah. And then we're there. Prep. We're prepping them, right? Yeah. And then on the mat, mat side, we're like, it's those little things like, hey, did you notice that he's stepping with that foot? Or you see, you know, how, what his stance looks like or that he's moving this way. Um, it's those little clues when we get a chance and we get yeah. their attention. But, you know, it's six minutes of constant action. And, yeah. and even that, like get, being able to communicate with your, your wrestlers is sometimes challenging yeah. because uh, they don't get a lot of breaks. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a mental game. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been great talking to you, Coach. Thanks so much. Um, and, uh, yeah, congrats on a phenomenal season. Look forward to seeing what you guys do next year. Thank you.
Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in the, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. Their sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean. Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. Um, I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.